Hi, and welcome to Build Em Up, where we hear from great people building the health and well-being of rural communities right around Australia. I'm Claire from the National Rural Health Alliance, together with Gabriel, our CEO and passionate rural health advocate. Oh, thanks, Claire. And for our first podcast, we are delighted to chat with Torres Strait Islander Elsie Syriat on Thursday Island. Elsie grew up on Thursday Island and returned home after an incredible journey that all began after teaming up with marathon runner Rob DiCostella. Since completing the New York Marathon itself, Elsie has become an inspiration to others to get moving and keep on persevering. So welcome Elsie and thanks for sharing your rural health story with us. It's my pleasure. I'm very excited to be here today. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So Elsie, let's not start at the beginning of your journey in running and fitness. Let's start with who Elsie Seriat is today and why we reckon that you're the best person in Australia to do our first Build Em Up podcast with. So how would you describe yourself? I'm Elsie Syriat, OAM. I'm a proud mother, a daughter, a sister, a motivator. I'm also a proud advocator and an inspiration to my people at, on grassroots. Well, that sounds like a pretty good start to me. So, um, look, you could say that we only have one lifetime. All of us only have one lifetime. So are you one of those people that's lucky enough to actually know what your role is in life? And, that, and did you actually always know what your destiny was going to be? Uh, growing up as a little kid, I guess it was through my grandparents' eyes that saw me as a leader and have always... Um, instilled in me my values I guess which is something that I wasn't aware of um, and that led to a lot of activities where um, they wanted me to lead um, in family events and family gatherings and in churches and in schools always asking me um, to challenge myself and and I guess as I look back onto my journey um, I'm very grateful for my grandparents and my mom especially for always pushing me and knowing my potential. And it was just about me um, finding out for myself and taking that step outside my comfort zone um, to know what my true calling and purpose is in life. Thanks. You can't underestimate, can you, the role that family has in, you know, where our direction takes us and, and the influences they have. Um, so that's that's really interesting. Thank you, Elsie. But can you can we sort of start to talk a little bit about um, the deadly runners? And so you sort of sparked this revolution um, and the Thursday Island Running Festival. So what's really behind the name Deadly Runners? Well, Deadly Runners um, is from the Indigenous Marathon um, Foundation itself, um, and that's where it, it started from. Um, the first Deadly Runners group was in Crimbian in New New South Wales, um, back in 2015. And we've kind of just started um, uh, just as people f- uh, following us on our journey um, with training. 
So we didn't really have a running group here on Thursday Island. Um, we kind of had people following us in our journey and then uh, realized that we had a running group and we called ourselves in the beginning the TI Marathon crew. And marathon is a daunting word for anyone, right? But when they hear the word marathon, no one wants to be a part of the group. But um, running was new to us in 2014 and marathon was something that we didn't know um, what a marathon was about, let alone we applied to run a marathon in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, so since um, I guess the concept behind um, changing that name to uh, Deadly Runners was a significant thing to do because um, deadly, I guess, is a word used, uh, used all the time in Indigenous communities as being powerful or, you know, being awesome, being amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a really good idea by the sound of it because um, I, I guess you got a lot of people on board by using that terminology rather than using that marathon word. So, um, so can you tell me, um, did you ever think that fitness was actually going to be your thing? Um, as a kid, I was always an active person, I guess, um, but mainly contact sport. So if anything, I thought I would be um, playing in the women's NBL or NBA, you know, basketball was my sport. Or if not, I was going to be like Kathy Freeman, you know, in the Olympics running because I was a sprinter um, back at school. So fitness was always my um, thing growing up and um, contact sport, but never, I guess, long distance running. And um, the journey, I guess, of uh, just weight loss for me um, when I finished school. And um, that's why I took up running because running is free and I guess anyone can can do it but um it, for me it was all about losing weight <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah ah that that's kind of interesting mm -hmm. um that it was about losing weight for you I'm also interested in the fact that you were a sprinter because I guess it's interesting for me like I've got long legs and everyone used to say look why aren't you a sprinter but I'm much more about a long distance runner myself so how did you kind of shift across from that being the, the sprinter into that long distance? And it, was it because about that weight loss bit or were there other factors? Um, no, I guess it wasn't anything. Like if, if anything, I still like to, like I love my quality sessions in training because it's short sprints. But the benefit, I guess, that I, the, res, the result I'm really after is the weight loss, which I need to push past sprinting and more endurance mm. and that's where the result is for me and my goal I guess is not about running fast anymore it's about dropping the k's mm -hmm. yeah. so Elsie a lot of the time obviously it's been a very personal journey for you do you feel so are you surprised that your personal journey has had such profound ramifications for family friends um, community as well yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember like it was yesterday when I um, got into the Indigenous Marathon project and I had that interview with uh, Robert DiCostella and he asked me why I wanted to be a part of the project and run a marathon. And I didn't know what a marathon was until <laughs> five months into my journey. Not really, but I guess then I told him that I wanted to be a uh, 
change agent in my community. I wanted to be a role model. I wanted to be somebody that breaks the barrier around shame and tall poppy syndrome and, you know, everything negative that we face, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, also, obviously, chronic disease and illness is a big thing in our Indigenous community, well, around the world, I guess. But if I could be this one person that put up my hand to take on this challenge, then I wish to be a change maker, you know, and I wished to have people following in my footsteps. Mm. And this was something I told him in my interview, not knowing what the result was going to be in the end. So um, every step of the way, whilst I was training for the marathon, my uh, purpose changed um, along the way. It was about inspiring my community then it was about inspiring my um, family and then my whole journey at the end was based around um, my little sister's um, baby that she had um, that we sadly lost at the end of my marathon journey Um, she gave birth to her um, when I got my call from the marathon foundation project that I made it into the squad and she was diagnosed with chronic lung disease Hmm. and for me that was something you know unfair um we shouldn't she shouldn't be able to be like that you know and so I got I got um the privilege to I guess see her before um my 30k run in Alice Springs that was five months after my training and she realized that life is unfair and here we are you know we're born normal and and why do we get obese overweight why do we get these sickness you know if I could be that one person that can, um, you know, instill or plant a seed in someone's head and then it just like a ripple that flows, then that's who I want to be. Can I ask you, Elsie, um, when you said originally that, you know, it was about weight loss, that you wanted to do this running, was that really from a health perspective at that point or was it about other things? So, and then if it wasn't originally about health, what moved you into that health perspective? Definitely it was um, about health because after I finished school, I worked for the Queensland Health Organisation for like 13 years in the medical records department. And so you imagine being in there and being able to see what you what you see every day, you know, mm-hmm. the paperwork that comes through. And, and then that made me realise that here I was filing all this stuff away um, and I was obese, I was overweight, and um, then an opportunity came up and I thought I'll take on this opportunity to, you know, try and help a little bit with closing the gap, not just for myself, but for the community, because I was um, going down that pathway, I guess, for obesity, because I believe that it's planted in us that our grandmothers, you know, they, our grandmothers especially, um, you know, they're like overweight and stuff. And it's like a norm that I wanted to break and say, mm-hmm. why do we have to go that way? Because people say it's in your family genes, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that negative things about being overweight and obese. But if I could be that change, um, then that's what led me, I guess, in that pathway is to lead by that example. And tell me, do you think that, um, you know, the running that you do is is good for your physical health, but how do you say it has, does it have any sort of impact on your mental health as well? Run, so, so the idea of running, I guess, 
from the foundation is simple. They use running as a health promotion tool to battle all the chronic disease illness. And for me, when I do it here and I tell others too, it's about not only using running as a health promotion tool for yourself, but also about empowering you, about giving you a voice, you know, and um, giving you the power to step out and challenge yourself in everyday life, you know, whatever gets thrown at you, um, that's what running does to you. I guess it gives you the, it makes you realize how powerful you are, you know? Yeah. So powerful is fantastic, but obviously you've had sort of uh, a journey of ups and downs and, you know, have you struggled with injury and struggled with getting out of bed when it's cold and wet and that sort of thing? I mean, um, how easy has it been to have this sort of physical fitness journey? Not easy at all. Um, the, the hardest thing, I guess, was just to get out of bed. <laughs> and then you get out and then as soon as you're out and about, you see someone, I see someone and they tell me, um, I thought about you this morning, that's why I'm out, you know, and that this gave me the more push, I guess, to continue my journey to know that, wow, people are watching and they're really following. They want to be a part of this ripple that um, I said I was going to be and it's all, you know, coming coming to life, you know, and yeah, it's just been amazing, but not an easy journey at all, but um, I loved every, every part of it still to this day. Um, I say, we say that um, pain is uh, love and temporary, which is because you know that you're doing something good for your body. Can you tell me, like, we've sort of heard some, um, some of your experiences when you first started running. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about your experience of sort of stigma when you tried, when you first started running? <laughs> of course, I can tell you that. <laughs> Like I said, I love talking about my running journey and it takes me back all the time. I sometimes even get really emotional and it just feels like yesterday that I started. So one of the first thing I said to Rob in my interview was, I wanna, I wanna break the stigma around shame. And then here I was the first, two, first four weeks into training, running around the island. And then I, as soon as I saw a car coming, I'd stop and walk and look down because I was shamed. And then I saw the car go around the corner and then I started running again. So I did that for like four weeks of my training until I realized, what did you just told, what did you just tell Robin your interview? You want to break stigma around shame and pop up syndrome, all of that. And I said, I'm going to do it. And then I did it. I ran. And then it was positive, you know, people yeah. were running behind me that I didn't know that was walking behind me. Like, you know, as soon as, two or three months into training as I was looking behind there was people out and these were not just young people old people and of all age and of all fitness level just being out and walking and running with me yeah it's a bit of a Forrest Gump moment going on there yeah. with the <laughs> people. You. you're the leader um but you are definitely a true leader obviously um and many followers um you give courage to other women, especially to try out walking and running. Um, so is passing on the baton to others, for women especially, something that gives you joy? Is that sort of the right word? Definitely. It gives me hope, I guess, not just for them, but mainly for their family to know that, you know, um, we are making a change for this generation. It's a matter of 
inspiring the next generation for the sake of our children's children. So I see my mom, my mothers or my aunties, my, my grandmothers, my cousins, my sisters, you know, they're all out um, on this journey with me. And it's a matter of them now being able to be that ripple to inspire their family. Now, Elsie, you've won lots of running ribbons and medals. Um, and of course, you've got your OAM. Uh, but what's been the most memorable um, award for you or perhaps what's been the most memorable moment for you during that journey? Um, I guess just running the marathon because people now, when they talk about the marathon and they say, was the marathon hard? The marathon was the reward. And Robert, obviously, Rob DiCostello's uh, the foundation's motto is uh, the harder the struggle, the greater the reward. So the struggle, I didn't understand what that meant. And I understood at the end of the marathon that the struggle was waking up each morning for training and the reward was running over the finish line. Um, so we had four camps. And so we did like the 10K run in um, Canberra and then we did a half marathon in Gold Coast. And then we did the city to surf, which is 14Ks in Sydney. And then we did the, the 30Ks in um Alice Springs and then the marathon. So the reward was finishing the runs that always hit the spot. So um, for me, um, I guess there's a video of us when we, when we um, run the marathon and um, in New York. And in that video at the start line amongst 50,000 people, I think that races, um, Dix takes us to the, fin uh, to the start line and you could hear his voice saying, I'll see you at the finish line. But to me, it's a very nervous voice because he's gambled on all of us and to, to test ourselves from no running experience to be able to run six, uh, to be able to run a 42.195 in six months, you know? Um, so in his voice, that's my, that's got to, has to be my favorite part where he says, I'll see you at the finish line. And then he laughs and he says, at the finish line. But that's so like, to me, it's like, um, a testimony, I guess, to myself, and then, and then the rewarding part was at the finish line when he was there to see us finish the marathon. So that's just incredible success and high profile and amazing and wonderful. Um, if you take that back down to sort of the grassroots level, how important do you think it is for? Uh, people who either hear this podcast or talk about you and your health journey to, to hang out with the right sort of people. Like you've got your family and you've got your family tribe and community. How important is it to get into a health tribe, to, to, to be with people who have the same sort of ideals and goals? How important has that been for you? Oh, very important. I mean, and for me, I guess it doesn't matter who you hang out with because it's a matter of always being willing to share that story and plant that seed. So, um, you know, like I've, I've got my running family, but then I also have my family and then my extended family. And um, I get to yarn with them, I guess, and share my journey and, you know, not trying to force them about running. I mean, it's not just, it's not about running. It's about living a healthy and longer lifestyle for the sake of, of our children, you know? And that's what I tell um, tell them all the time. And so um, I guess it's, 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 it's really up to you because it's an individual journey. 
Um, and it's all about yourself. And, you know, sometimes we tend to forget about ourselves and we're always focusing on other people. I guess now, like as moms, we focus more on our children and, and everything else and stuff. So just taking time to think about yourself and, and your, your journey. Mm. And yeah. Tell me, um, thinking about all of that, what would you say you want your legacy to be? I want my legacy to be just like my grandfather's. Uh, my grandfather, which I'm very fortunate uh, to still have with us, is 91 this year. And then to have my son, um, my sons see him um, is, you know, it's not going to be in our lifetime, uh, maybe in, his, in their lifetime or, or their children's children to see them live to that age. And so, so I want to be able to say that I, when in my lifetime is, um, I'm trying and I'll still try to my grave to make that change. So Elsie, with, with that in mind as well, um, in your lifetime, do you think now that what you have done has already had an impact on the general overall health of the community, say on Thursday Island where you are and on the health service itself? Oh, yes, definitely. I've been told by media, local media, that they've had, you know, we've had visiting health professionals come in all the time to do different things on people. And here we are getting ordinary moms and, you know, dads coming to our program, battling chronic disease illness on the borderline of diabetes and um, joining our running program just starting by walking and then run and then go visit the doctor to say you're not on the borderline anymore and so we're making a difference within that health health space you know and um and weight loss and being a these are testimonies from our uh, ordinary people that have done our program to come and say that they no longer on the borderline of diabetes um they're in a better position to make the right call in their household um they're able to uh challenge their workplace and, um, you know, be able to um, find better jobs and be happy in where they are, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that's just the power of running and just being able to be passionate about and provide the resources and the tools that was provided to us to give back. And it's also um, sort of, a, a, I guess, about the power of people and communities to actually contribute to better health outcomes so that that health isn't just about the health system or health professionals, that it's also about the contribution that community members make to everybody's health and well-being. Would you agree with that? Oh, yes, definitely. So um, it's, it's not about, obviously, all, of, all about health. <laughs> it's definitely about the well-being and the empowerment of our people. So tell me, um, if you could award a medal, medal right now to someone who you think deserves one, um, who would it be and for what reason? Um, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Hang together. It'll have to be two uh, very important people in my life. So one for my mum. Can I give two away? <laughs> yes. One for my mom and one for my little sister. So my mom um, being a single parent and always, I guess, 
pushing us outside our comfort zone to challenge ourselves. And, um, you know, 2014, I ran the marathon. Mom's first overseas trip was at the 35 kilometer in New York City, cheering me on um, to finish the race. And then coming back and starting to train herself. Mom's a rheumatic heart disease um, patient or, yeah, with that stuff. So just being able to pick up running herself just to better her health and is still going. So definitely my mom and my little sister for being such a strong single mom herself to four girls she would have had, but sadly she lost um, her third bob um, in 2014. Um, always willing to, I guess, challenge herself as well. And um, yeah, so two medals to my mom and my little sister. I think it's time to come together and be the spark. Let's be the spark and build them up from the ground up. Don't lose heart and don't lose touch. Build them up to stay in the fight. Gotta keep the hope in the country And thanks for your support in talking up rural health across Australia. If you like hearing upbeat, community-driven health stories, get your monthly Build 'Em Up podcast by heading to ruralhealth.org.au forward slash build up.